Welcome to this week's episode of Paddy Talks Golf, powered by 4Golf Custom. Hit them up for your tour-level custom-fitting experience. If you're still looking for something for a loved one, for a family member, and you're stuck for something to stick under the tree, they have some vouchers available. There are some booking slots in January. That's yours, Chris Kringle or Santa Sorted. This week's episode is with now professional golfer Alex Maguire after a stellar amateur career playing in all the top events this year. We go through his year, year in review, if you will, covering his favourite moments, what he's learned the most and what he's most looking forward to next year. Without further ado, roll it there, kill it. I mean, listen, we're talking about practice. Joe Bradley told us the production line was finished in Kerry. Well, Joe Bradley, what do you think of that? Alex Maguire, are you ready to tee it up? I'm good, yeah, I'm good. Flying it. I spoke to you, Jesus, um, it was the end of the summer two years ago, would it be? Or the end of the summer last uh, year? You done no, it was two years doubler. ago. It would have been, yeah, it would have been... Um, two years ago. Time flies when you're having fun. You've had some year, 2023. Was that like a bucket list year? Um, yeah, like I, I was sort of saying to a few people t- this year, like if you... At the start of the year, if you list out all the events and you, you say to me, right, what what would you like to play in if time was irrelevant and what would you want to play in? I would have picked every single event I played this year. Um, like, it, it was mad. Like, if my schedule at the start of the year and then looking back at what I actually played in, my schedule was like 10 events and I played maybe like 18 to 20, maybe. Um a lot of those being sort of team events, you know, like uh, Holmes, Eisenhower, Banalik, all these sort of things that, um, you know, you're, you're always trying to play, play your way, not, play your way onto those teams. Um, but yeah, it sort of it started off okay in America, and then once I came back to to um, to Ireland, it sort of it sort of snowballed in the right direction. And it fast tracked a few decisions as well, I believe. Um... We'll yeah. start. I'll, I'm going to list them out so people don't have to uh, check Wagger or check articles online. I listed out like the highlight reel on, on my right. sheet of paper here. Um, we'll start with we'll start with the wins. So winning the St Andrews Links Trophy. So that meant you locked in uh, top spot in the rankings for Open Amateur Series, which got you into the Open. Uh, won the East in the Baltray back to back first man, uh, first person in 30 years since Ramey Burns in the 90s. Fifth in mm-hmm. the Amateur. Uh, Homer to National European Champs, you said there. Walker Cup, played in the Irish Open, played in the Open. Yeah, kind of bucket list stuff there, right? Uh, yeah, no, there's a lot of, yeah, I mean, a lot, a lot of good stuff. Um, yeah, it's quite, it's quite, uh, I'd say probably while it was sort of going on, like sort of during the summer, um, when things are happening, you're getting into things, and you probably, well, I definitely didn't, um, Maybe not appreciate it. I definitely didn't recognize how um, special or rare it was. Um, when you get into the mind of like playing, and you're and you're every week you're 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 leaving, and you're playing events. You sort of get into like a sort of um, a business mindset where you just go right. That was a good week, like fifth at the amateur, like great week. And all of a sudden, I'm just thinking about wait, what's next? What else do I get to play? Where else do I have to go? Um, 
it was probably sort of once the season died down, once once Q was over, um, I looked back at the year and you know, look at my results and um, yeah, look at the trophies in my room. It's it's a uh, it's a quite a surreal um, year, and I, I definitely didn't really appreciate it during the year. But now I've sort of had time to reflect and a bit of time off. Um, yeah, it sort of makes me very proud of myself. No, A1, and it, it is the time of year for reflecting, and I'm even setting right out my, my annual goals and comparing them to the start of the year, and some of them were achieved and some of them weren't. I asked John Murphy this question, um, favourite memory from the Walker Cup? Jesus, I don't know, seven, eight days of uh, feeling I was on cloud nine, so I don't know if I could pick one. I think, uh, favourite memory. To me, the, the best... Um, memory i've had from the whole year and it's something very very small but it was on the friday um so the day before they had closed the whole course so obviously the first few days monday tuesday wednesday um the course is open to visitors so like people could play and we were sort of within tea times um so obviously the course was still fully booked and then on the friday i think thursday and friday they um they closed the whole course off so nobody was playing um just us and on the US team. So only twenty guys had access to the old course for the whole day. And my girlfriend flew over that morning and we were walking up um seventeen, eighteen together, just just me and her. And I was, you know, chipping balls away. So we could go out and practice after our practice round and I was, you know, chipping balls with her. She hit a few putts and um it was a very special moment because I mean how rare is that? You're you're sort of the whole you have the whole old course yourself. Um, my girlfriend was there. It was very, very special. Um, so it was only a small thing, but like she's been with me for um, every event this year and, and to sort of cap it off by walking over to Spilkin Bridge. And, she, and to her, it's nothing. Like she doesn't understand as much as the rest of us do how how rare that is. Um, so that was probably my favorite memory. Um, and then obviously on the golf course, that probably that, that, that Saturday morning was a, uh, it was probably the best moment of my career as well on the golf course. No, that's re- that's no, that's really nice. Come here to me. You, st- that was real cork, wasn't it? Come here to me. I'm hanging out with Peter O'Keefe too much. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, 2022, you stayed in a tent in the open with your dad and uh, you were tight on floor space to this year playing in it. How was that transition yeah. like? <laughs> were you in a yeah, tent like- this year? Uh, no, I wasn't in a tent this year. No, I was able to get somewhere um, in a solid building to stay in. Um, actually, the, the year I wasn't with my dad in a tent. It was actually with my few of my mates. Um, they had okay. One of my mates had won the ballot. I think one of the t- the ticket raffle, and he got four tickets. And um, so it was him himself and his dad and my mate Jack, who ended up carrying for me this year at the Open. Um, so it was mad. Like last year at, at St. Andrews, we both slept in the tent together and then just to go watch it. I mean, we, we were there for the four days and um, and then this year we both, you know, he had the caddy bib bomb and I, and I was playing and it was mad. But I always thought like, I always thought it was possible. I always thought like I had the chance to get into the open. Obviously the way I did it was, you know, I didn't even know that that, that route was possible last year. It wasn't announced till early this year. Um, so yeah, it was a lot. It was a lot nicer being in a solid building and being behind the ropes. And um, yeah, it was uh, it was mad how in the space of like three hundred and sixty five days, I've gone from you know sleeping on dirt to uh, being the person everyone's watching in, inside the ropes. 
What was the difference? Because it's, it's interesting, interesting to me, like compare experiences, like for me playing in the multi-medal versus playing the club championship, mm. like the strain of the old whoop is about mm. six or seven degrees higher. <laughs> yeah. What? And I'm, I'm not going to say it like, <laughs> I'm not going to say it. And that's not even playing in the South yet. And I say, yes. <laughs> but um, de- describe, I suppose, the difference, and it could be mentally or expectation-wise, between playing in something like the amateur versus playing in the open. I guess if we took it off this year, I felt like at the amateur, I felt like I belonged. Like I felt like I was, um, I was there to compete. I mean, I'm, I'm there to try to win the amateur. Whereas a few years ago, if I was playing the amateur, I probably would have thought I was out of my depth. And uh, this year, I felt like you know, I was coming off to St Andrews and, and the East, and I felt like I was probably maybe the most informed player there. I felt like I had, I had a very good chance of winning it. So the expectations of it are sort of you don't even think about the the i don't know how to describe it it's so different but you then you you're, then you're thrown into the open and it's like i mean um i'm sort of the small fish in a massive pond um and you're sort of you know you're good enough you know you can compete and you know you feel like it's a links course and you feel like you can play well but all of a sudden you know you're looking around the your your practice your practice rounds or you're warming up and you see Victor Hovland behind you. This is it's just mad. It's it's a lot more um as much as you can try um zone out and think that it'll be a normal week. It's it's, it's just not. And on the course I was quite good. Like you know, my routines and everything was quite good. My um commitment was very good. It was very similar to what it would have been in, in the amateur but I'd say um for me as as soon as things went wrong um on that second day it was a little bit harder to sort of um stay mentally focused than compared to like if I had yeah. you know if I made a double at the Easter double up wherever it might be I feel like I could just brush it off and you know right I'll make another birdie but at the open I felt like um when it was going well I felt like I was you know I was there to compete I was there to make the cut and I was there to you know um, prove I was good enough, but then as soon as I, I sort of faced a little bit of adversity on the second day, I put too much pressure on myself and I sort of didn't handle it very well. Um, so I don't quite know what it is, but I know that um, there was a different feeling once things went went, went wrong. Um, like I was, uh, things were going wrong with the amateur. I, w- I was outside the cut with like five holes to play. I had like four outside the cut. And I managed to scramble back in and I made a few birdies and an eagle on the way in to make the cut. And I felt like I didn't have that in me at the open. Um, upon reflection, I mean, during the tournament, you feel like you're committing to it and you feel like you have enough to make the cut. But I felt after sort of looking back on how I felt at the time, um, there was a difference. But I don't, I don't quite know what it was. Now that you've had, now that you're more in reflection mode and you look at that Friday at the open and you're in like a, you're in you're in a fire of of experience like you're an overdrive sensory let alone trying to take it all in and process it mm. is there something that you learned about yourself or coping with that <clears throat> expectation you put in yourself on that friday in high lake that can help you now when you're in, in the prorex you know um yeah there was i mean i think out of any day i played golf this year that friday of the open i learned 10 times more than I have learned the whole year. And um, I like, I started off great. I was, you know, I was one over the first day and 
started the second day great i mean i a horseshoe in the first for birdie and then hit it to like four feet an extra birdie missed it played the third very well fourth very well fifth very well sixth very well um and then I felt very frustrated that I was only one over because I felt like I should have been top 10. Like I felt like I should, I was, I think, I think maybe one under was top 10, maybe two under. And I felt like I was, you know, I played good enough to be there. I should have um, I put it quite poorly on that, um, on that Friday. But then very early in the round, I said, right, let's be more aggressive. I said to my caddy, Jack, I was like, right, let's, I don't know. I don't know what, like I think back on it now, I don't know why, but I said, right, let's hit driver more to like, you know, sort of force the envelope and um and try and make more birdies but like in hindsight i was playing well enough to make birdies i just wasn't putting well like i had 10 feet in the first four feet on the next um at eight feet on the sixth and I, other holes i was sort of within 30 feet and then i for some reason i thought that it was like i wasn't playing aggressive enough even though i was playing pretty aggressive i was playing great and then i, I put driver on eight into a bunker um, and then made, made a stupid double and then I, then I was behind the eight ball then because I was sort of one I think I was on the cut line then and then I made a stupid mistake on 10 um, and 11 there was two bad two bad errors and you're I just you're standing there going like you're frustrated with yourself for what happened the night because you know you shouldn't have hit driver there it was definitely a two iron Two iron, six iron all day instead of hitting driver, nine iron. There's a lot of be a lot of sort of experience and patience and understanding if things aren't going your way. Okay, why isn't it going your way? Is it is it you're not holding puts or is this that you know you're driving a bad? But like if if I looked at T to green on the second night, it was flawless. Six, it's seven greens, and I think five fairways, and I was you know I was cruising. I just didn't hold a few putts, and then I changed my game plan to sort of put more pressure on my long game, which was going well, instead of just waiting for the putts to drop. Um, so yeah, it was it's valuable experience now. It's it was at the time it was frustrating, and um, because I was sort of you know after like after the Friday, I was kicking myself, going like, why did you change? What was going well? And uh, but now I know. Now hopefully it can help me uh, going forward. Definitely, you got to you got to know when to put the brick on the accelerator, right? Mm-hmm. So save it for Saturdays, maybe. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Maybe just make make the cut first, and then I can start being aggressive. It's very it's very easy to say that from the from the from the sofa, isn't it? Yeah, um, yeah, it is. We'll we'll rewind back to the east, and I was. Where was I? I don't know, was it at the seniors, the champions thing in Seapoint or where? But I met a fella from Laytown, Betty's Town. We were talk- I think it was the week you were in the, the amateur. And we were talking about, right. uh, I don't know who he is, but he's a great, he's a great lad. Right. Um, friend of your dad's. Uh, you right. might say who isn't. But uh, <laughs> we're talking about you at the East and he was saying about how you were going into the final round the night before you were looking at the leaderboard in the clubhouse. Can you tell us about that? Um, the leaderboard or the... What's that you now? were looking at like the the role of the you were looking at the the role of honor in the East leaderboard and Baltrade. Oh yes, and yes, because yes, you no. won it last year. Yeah, 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 I remember that. Um, I think I was looking at that. I think I glanced. I went because it's right beside the bathroom. Um, on the way into the into the restaurant, and I think I glanced at it on the. 
Um, well, Sunday night. I didn't look at it that way. I sort of just looked at it to see my name. I, I, I always look at it. It's quite nice to see your name up on a, on a, on a wall. Um, but then I remember after the lunch on, on the Monday, um, going back out, I think I had a, maybe one or two shot lead into the last round. Uh, I remember looking at it. And I remember it, for, for whatever reason, wherever I looked, it just went to Ramey Burns winning twice in a row. And I just I didn't think anything of it. And then I just started looking down to the most recent winners. And I realized he was the last person to do it. And I was like, oh, that's quite cool. Like, and this just be me going to, you know, tee off my fourth round. It was maybe like a fifth, 10 seconds, like just glance. Um, and then that, that, that focused me a lot to sort of, you know, I didn't go out there with the uh, sort of the tentativeness to like try hold on or like do anything crazy. I went out there to try win it again, um, which I didn't play the best in the fourth round. And um, some would say maybe it didn't help me looking at that at that sort of um, winners list. But it gave me it gave me a focus. It gave me a focus when things weren't going well. You know, like. I felt like I was in the driving seat to win it again. Um, and that gave me a bit of a bit more, um, I guess, motivation, but probably a little bit more um, concentration to, you know, I wasn't trying to just win it. I was trying to win it for the second time. Um, so I don't know how to really describe it, but it, it definitely helped me. It, is that like that extra bit of motivation, like that extra bit of refocusing to kind of like clear the mechanism if you watch that kevin costner movie um mm. just to kind of hone in on it's not just it's not just today you know to, to grind it out i suppose yeah like I, I it made me like i didn't worry about what the lads i was playing what were doing it i was just focused on trying to win um until the last few holes when it started going a bit crazy and everything was all over the shop that i started were, like thinking about what they were doing um but it gave me a focus for the front nine, um, and yeah, luckily I, uh, I I found a way to to win, and then now I've got my name up there for the second one. Deadly! I can't remember. I should have done my research, but come on, this is an un- a professionally unprofessional <laughs> uh, setup. What your what your what your walk on song was two years ago? But what Gosh. would your walk on song be if you are playing in that in, in that Made in Denmark event next year? Uh, um, I would probably say I think it was Seven Nations Army. I think was the last one. I think I probably still have that one. Um, it was, yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. Seven Nations one. Army. I think I'd have that. I can't think about that. No, uh, yeah, I'd be pretty. Oh no, fair play for remembering. Or maybe like the Rocky Road to Dublin or something. I, I don't know. Something, something Irish. Um, <laughs> yeah, man. I don't know. But I, yeah, man. I think the Seven Nations Army is quite a is quite a good one. So is that for uh, push-ups or range range work? I don't know. I think <laughs> uh, I think range work. I I much <laughs> rather listen to a podcast. Um, maybe, maybe for push-ups, I'd say. <laughs> good choice. Good choice. Good choice. Um, yeah. What what <laughs> what is the best golf tip you've gotten? Best golf tip. Jeez, there's loads. Uh, I guess probably. What don't what my coach Donald Scott gave me years ago. It's nothing really to do with the swing, but it's to do with mindset. And I think mindset has sort of made me um, a way better player than me being, you know, technically better. Um, 
he said it is what it is and not what it's for so if you've got a you know as it that had seemed this year i've had a lot of sort of puts on the last hole or down the stretch where i need to hold it um it's it's the thought of you know if it's six feet left or right it's that's all it is it's not a six footer to win the easter to um beat anybody it's still it's a six footer so if if it's a six footer on the putting green or a six footer on the course it's the exact same put now what you perceive it to be then adds the pressure so you know, obviously you see somebody knock a lag put up to three feet to win a golf tournament it, there's obviously more pressure on it but it's still a three footer you still got to go through the same process you still got to go through the same you know mindset of going right just pick a spot on if you, if you pick a spot or if you pick a, a line of the hole and hit at it um and if it goes in great if it doesn't go in then it's fine but it's it's helped me sort of um take away the um consequence or the the moment away from it and just strip it back down to right what what am i doing now um so yeah that's that's definitely helped me um with putting, with drives, with iron shots, whatever it might be, um, it's uh, it's allowed me to sort of stick to my process and get very sort of focused instead of worrying about, okay, if I miss this, then what do I lose or what do I not win? And because if you get into that mindset, then you've, you've got no hope. I think it's a brilliant tip. And thanks for sharing it. Um, mm. It'll save you a lot of money. Uh, tour thinking like that but like yeah. everybody does it don't they like it like i do i do it every time in the hinge i'm like birdie the last for 76 or birdie the last yeah. for 79 you know and it's just putting all this pressure like this unnecessary pressure on you and uh, you can have the thoughts and, and like it's okay um, to have Mark- those thoughts sorry i could cut over you there but, yeah. um i think it's it's okay to have those thoughts but once you sort of stand over the ball um and get those thoughts away then that's sort of the key it is like I had a chat with Mark Power after the Irish Open when he performed mm. really well in his first professional start the week after he played together in the Walker Cup. Actually, he still had the yeah, Walker yeah. Cup um, head covers on. Mm-hmm. Um, and he said on the Sunday coming down the, the the back nine, he missed a couple of putts, like you said, makeable or whatever. And he's like, "This is costing me money here." <laughs> and then he was very uh, quickly yeah. to write himself that that he can't be thinking that way. Because it's it'll put it like in the moment he's like I can't think like that because then I'm I'm results focused rather than like executing focus. So um, yeah. you're both from the same Don Scott school of of of, men, of mental strength, I think. I could yeah, because I'm sure it'll be a lot tougher when I, as soon as I start playing for money. Um, it's easy to to do it when you're trying to you know uh, you know win a local event or get cut whatever it might be to whatever players listen to this but um as soon as you start playing for money i'd say it's a lot harder to strip it all strip it all away um so obviously i i understand what mark's saying and he was telling me the week like the day after i had seen him in austria and he was telling me how he felt and he was like i shouldn't be thinking this way but i mean how do you how do you blame me it was his first week you know playing for money and and you know you're playing the Irish open and he's doing well I mean, how do you start? How do you not think about that? Um, but that comes with experience. I'm, you know, I'm sure he's been doing it for a while now. I'm sure he's he's learned um, how to sort of think down the back nine, and um, hopefully, I can sort of learn like that in the next few years. 
I love Harrington's story about that. I don't know if you get much time with, with Pardig, and hopefully you will. But when he first went on tour, do you know that story? He first went on tour and he finished like 50th or something the first week. And he got a check no, for like, was... I think it was 1,600 pounds or whatever, mm. whatever it was in the, in the early 90s. And he rang home on the Sunday. And it's just like a t- complete difference in mentality, maybe to how, how guys and girls go on tour now, putting loads of pressure on themselves to get their card and make money. Harrington mm. apparently rang home and rank his mother and says, they're giving it away. They're giving it away. Because <laughs> <laughs> he was like, I didn't, even, I didn't even play that well, but they're uh, sure, giving it away, you know? So maybe that's the way you can look at it. Just go on tour and they'll be giving away the money. Um, oh, it's, yeah, it's, it's, yeah. So it's you are nice going to be playing in the pro ranks, yeah. That sure is. You, you are playing in the pro ranks uh, as of now. Uh, schedule Thanks. laid out. I think from Walker Cup, you get X amount of challenge tour starts. Uh, you've ab status, so that might be a nice warm up for the, the challenge to our start. You've Irish Challenge UK Club. And I believe this summer's performances and results kind of fast tracked your decision on that because I think you'd status to play back in Florida until May next year. So, what did you sit down at the dinner table when you came home at the end of the summer? How, what was the competitive event to like push the button now rather than May of next year? Um, I think it was. I think it was the open. Um, I think once I got into that, I was like, "God, I'd, I'd love to turn pro. I'd love to, you know, try get to this level as soon as I as soon as I could." Um, and I knew I was graduating in December, like the last week, and I knew the sort of the the spring next year would just be playing college college events and then just sort of being enrolled in college but not really doing anything that is going to you know give me a degree or it's, it would just be playing college tournaments and I felt that during the summer I was playing I played the biggest event of the world I was like well the college events won't compare to this um so I feel like the experience this has all given me um you know get the Irish Open the Open um playing for Europe playing for Ireland playing for you know GB and I all these sort of things that I felt that I wasn't going to gain more significant experience in college golf than I was this summer. So I said, look, I think I've, I think I've experienced it, not experienced at all, but I've experienced the highest level. Um, and I was very excited to sort of, you know, I want to turn pro as soon as I could, but I was, I was sort of thinking of turning pro with John and Mark after walk up, but I, I still had a, deg- a degree to finish. Um, they had finished theirs, so I, I was like, oh, I've done four four years of my degree. I need a half a semester left. I might as well just finish it. Um, so I, yeah, I decided probably early on, um, early on in the summer that I wanted to do it, but it was probably, I went back over to America for a month after um, the Irish Open. And it was during, you know, during America, I realized that, you know, obviously the events are good and, it, and it's great being part of a team, but I felt that, um, I would have just been sort of not wasting my time because that sounds quite harsh, but I felt like I would have just been doing I, I would say trading water, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say just kind of trading water might be the, might be the term. Exactly. Um, yeah. um, and, and I feel like it's, it's, um, it's the right decision for me at the moment. You know, obviously strike when the iron's hot. And so that's sort of what I'm trying to do. I'm intrigued as to how that process happens. 
So like right. Alex decides on the Sunday, uh, uh, I'm turning pro. Do you call someone? Do you call like, do you call like Golf Ireland? Like, who do you advise that you're now a professional? And how do you, how do you get like the, not the endorsements, but the, like, who do you tell that, yeah, I'm going to take those starts now on the challenge tour? Like, who do you call? Uh, To be honest, I don't know. Um, I know I've signed with a management (laughs) company. Um, So I've signed at White Rose Sports Management and, you know, Alex, my manager, has been, I I now realize why these things exist because he's done a lot more things that I didn't know were, like, needed. Um, So he's taken care of a lot of stuff that sort of... I'm very grateful for. Um, but in terms of turning pro, I'm pretty sure I was told a while ago that all you've got to do is just sort of send a, a letter into Wagger and say that you've turned pro, so they take you off the system. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I, I, I always thought this myself. I always wondered what you have to do if you call somebody or if you if you have to like you know yeah. do an initiation or what what it might be. Um, but I haven't done anything yet, so maybe I'm not a pro. But I, I turned pro the other day. Um, <laughs> so I, I actually, to be honest, I, 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 I could, I might have missed something there, but I, uh, everybody is sort of. <laughs> you just call Neil Manchip of, and he'll, he'll take you off the high performance list. <laughs> exactly, I'm off, I, I'm off the high performance list. I, I applied <laughs> for the Golf Ireland funding, so I mean, that sort of seems like I've done all the right steps. But um, yeah, I might have missed something there. I don't know. You'd be like that. Uh, you'd be like the supporter who goes onto the team photo shoot to start the matches. <laughs> uh, you'd be like, I actually do go here. I actually do go here, lads. Uh, honest, exactly. <laughs> rocking up to rocking up to challenge tour or his challenge going. Hi, you lads. Yeah, I'm going to tee off the yeah. seats out. Um, <laughs> now I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure it's just like a couple of registration forms that um, that, that the consultant that the management company will take care of. So um, maybe so, you're I. You're home for the Christmas, because um, I'm going to put this podcast out straight away, unlike others. Um, right. You're home for the Christmas. So what does the, what does the first three months, first six months of next year look like, and what are you most looking forward to? Um, so obviously the Challenge Tour doesn't really um, start in February, but that's the co-sanctioned events of the Sunshine Tour, so I know I won't be getting into them. Um, so the Challenge Tour doesn't really start till march time um that's when the indian swing is so i know on until definitely definitely january february is training and practice and and trying to fill your time to be prepared for the season so i'm going to go over to the states in a few weeks um probably for five or six weeks to you know go back over to where i lived and um play and practice when the weather over there is a lot more kinder than back here in ireland um so I'll get a lot of good work over, done over there. And then once I'm finished that, then I can see what I get into. Um, you know, obviously I'll try to get the the uh, maximum of challenge tour starts. Um, I think it's maybe seven or eight. Hopefully, you know, pick a pick a schedule that um, suits me and, and apply for invitations to a few events. Um, try to play a few events probably earlier on. I might try to play like India or Abu Dhabi or... Um, wherever is first on the list, um, try to play them to you know get off the off the ground and um make some make some money or make some get into get into the points list um to then hopefully play well enough in the in the next few starts and um you know get a card for next year um 
for right now, it's sort of, I know what I definitely will be getting into, as in, like, I know I'll get eight starts, but which of those eight starts I'll get into, um, where they might be, I don't know. Um, all I do know is I'm looking forward to going to America in a few weeks, back to back to the sun. Um, but it's all exciting. I mean, I, like, I, I don't know exactly what I'm looking forward to. I'm looking forward to traveling and seeing new places and... You know, if I get into India, I'd love to go to India. I haven't been there before, and maybe Kenya or wherever it might be. It's 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 exciting, um, and I'm sure it'll be difficult. I'm sure it'll be tough being away from family, girlfriend. You know, eating weird food and being in weird places, and you know, feeling like uh, like what am I doing over here? And if you're playing well and missing cuts, it's going to be tough. But I mean, I've a good team around me. I've got good support system. I have a great family and girlfriend who are very supportive of me. And, and um, believe in me so uh it's it's very exciting um and then hopefully i'll come back to you next year with uh with a full card somewhere i i've no doubt in that but we'll see each other throughout the year hopefully at various events irish challenge and irish open hopefully uh we yes. can do that one together um you on the course and me taking pictures hopefully um <laughs> and send you'll get your profile picture out of it anyway <laughs> great but um, that's all i can ask for uh, back in florida for a few weeks uh it seems to be the haven or the hub of uh professional golf or where they spend their time is there anyone that you've planned to play with or hang out with uh, john murphy talks about getting you know like the right the right like-minded like in any high performance institution like like getting the right similar thinking people around you golfers to play with you know shane lowry lives in florida you know? mm. um you know have you have you have you got like that competitive ecosystem over there for the few weeks while you're over there or is it you in in your bubble and totally focused uh, on what you're going to achieve i know I've, i'll be going back over to uh to where i like i said pay i still pay rent in in my house that um my three i mean college uh, teammates um still living there so I'll, I'll be going back to you know the college system i guess um now the coach has been very it's a new coach he came in um, the start of the semester and he's been very good to me he said look if you're coming back you know as a as a pro or an amateur you're more than welcome to play and practice with the team and work out with the team if you, if i if i want to um so i'll be going back to you know elite amateur golfers and and then i'd love to you know i'd love to you know reach out to shane and get a game with shane up in jupiter Um like where i am is 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 pretty much golf in paradise there's a golf course every sort of 500 yards and and they're all class and the weather is so nice and it's a very nice lifestyle which is why i'm looking forward to going back um but i'll, I'll be it, it won't just be me it'll be you know the college teammates around me and um, working out with them at six in the morning and going 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 practicing from eight in the morning till two in the afternoon um and then when, if they go away to an event you know i'll be there back on my own um i'd love to you know reach out to to a few lads a few pros here in the area um and play with them obviously the biggest part about america that's helped me is connections you know you meet the right people and you talk to them and you and you be nice to them and you be generous to them and they'll reciprocate that there's a lot of wealthy people in america also a lot of people in country clubs of so private country clubs that you can't get into that will sort of invite you out and um I'll try leaning on a few connections when I'm over there and see if I can get out to a few nice courses. Um, but yeah, it'll be a little bit of a holiday, but it's all work. You know, it's six in the morning till four in the afternoon is pretty much um, sort of 
more room to to get better. Um, and then once it gets dark, you can sort of enjoy yourself. No, it's good. I think it's a great move. Uh, I'm sure it's a calculated move. It like nicely calculated, um, and that you're kind of going back into a routine because it's very mm. easy to fall out of routine and sleeping in and, and bad systems and bad habits. So, yeah. so it's really good to hear that you're going into like a, a good infrastructure and a good ecosystem and space then for your own growth, which is really good. Um, Alex McGuire, thank you very much. Uh, thank you very we'll much, talk buddy. To you soon. Thanks for your time. Merry Christmas. And to you. Wish you all the best and we'll, we'll be keeping tabs on you. You know, you thank might you. be trying to stay low on the high grass, but we'll, <laughs> we'll keep supporting you from, from, from near and afar. Cheers, buddy. Thanks for what an absolute gent Alex McGuire is. We wish him all the best in the pro ranks next year. I'll definitely be keeping tabs on Mr. McGuire. If you like this episode, please do like and share the show. Leave a podcast review wherever you're listening to this. And if you're a fan of the YouTube, watch it over there and subscribe if that's your if that's your thing. Merry Christmas. And we will be putting, we, I will be putting out an episode between Christmas and New Year's. Hopefully one that you'll enjoy just as much as this one. Until we teed up again soon, I'm Paddy.